Nope. Nope. Come on, him? Ooh, I like him. The quicker picker-upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the quicker picker-upper. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. Tonight, starting off, man, in the relay, I got my good friend, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Doc, how you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm so happy. I done pulled out the computer just to make sure, you know, calculate in case you get into too deep. I started to bring out the TI-83 just in case. <laughs> well, we'll get a little deep uh, tonight, Doc, but we, we had some interesting games uh, around the uh, landscape of black college football this weekend. Uh, we saw uh, the defending SWAC champion, Alabama a go down 
in the hole against Grambling State University. We're going to talk about that. We saw uh, on Thursday night uh, your alma mater, Prairie View, making a statement uh, against Arkansas Pine Bluff. And also over in the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference, Norfolk State uh, also made a statement uh, about uh, the balance of power uh, they're over in the Mid-Eastern Mid Athletic Conference. Howard picked up a win against Sacred Heart, and uh, let's not forget Valley. Yes, that Valley. <laughs> yeah. Mike, I know you're watching. I know you're watching, Mike. Valley, yeah, that Valley. They picked up a win against North Carolina Central, and you remember the start of this year, North Carolina Central started off on the high note. Big win um, against Alcorn State uh, right here in Atlanta. And the MEAC SWAC Challenge. Um, it's been tough sledding since then for the Eagle of North Carolina Central. But, Doc, uh, what game caught your, your eye this weekend? Well, you know, I'm going to cheat a little bit. The first one that came on was Thursday. And you know how we do it. If it's an HBCU game on, we're going to find a way to get to it, put it in our ear, put it in front of our eyes, and then review later. So I have to say the first one that stuck out to me is the Thursday night game with Pine Bluff. And it's not so much that Prairie View got the win. You, many people could have saw that coming, even though some people rightfully had Pine Bluff getting it done on the road. But the fact that they dominated Pine Bluff, not just putting up points, not just getting it done, but what they did defensively and the fact that they were physical, a question that you've always had, rightfully so, about Prairie View. They were physical on the defensive side of the ball, but they were also physical in a lot of way on the offensive side of the ball to the tune of running up almost 300 total yards. That was big for me. Yeah, I think with Prairie View, we, we always talked about, uh, you know, can Prairie View put it together after Grambling State? Uh, Dumas on that defensive line, I told him um, on Friday, sir, you are unblockable. Um, it's amazing to see what that young man can do at the defensive tackle position. They can slide him out the defensive end as well, we're talking about a defensive lineman at 5'11", 230 pounds. And, and, and you can't tell. He, he plays much bigger than that. Offensively, Jawan Pass, he really has a hold on that offense. Uh, running the football, he's efficient in the pass game. Uh, I like what uh, Prairie View has done. And then LaDemian Brooks, remember him at Grambling when he was younger. He was, he was snatching off some big plays. Uh, the injury bug kind of got him. And then, you know, he kind of wasn't the same there at Grambling. Thursday night, you had a Lindemian Brooks uh, uh, sighting, and, and boy, was it. Uh, he broke off a big run for a touchdown, had an outstanding night. And if you look at it, uh, Prairie Review, very balanced in that football game, be able to, able to run the football uh, and, and throw the football, very efficient in the pass game. But they limited Arkansas Pine Bluff to 38 yards on the ground. Yeah, 30. Eight yards on the ground, only 166 yards passing uh, for Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Prairie View receivers, very talented bunch. May not the biggest, they're not the, the biggest uh, like they've had in the past, but those receivers average 10.5 yards per reception. That's getting it done. Yeah, I like what you said about those receivers. They're small in nature, but you can tell that they've been waiting at a chance and chopping and learning about what they need to do to get open on uh, the field. In some ways, you think about them in terms of Alabama A&M, not necessarily the biggest, most uh, physically uh, stunning group of wide receivers, but they're shifty, they're fast, and they do unique things, and they know how to simply get open. 
And one thing that you talk about Jawan Pass is his ability to be efficient. He doesn't just put up empty yard. He puts up big plays, and he converts on third downs and keeps drive going. And you know being on the defensive side of the ball, that is devastating to a defense when they cannot get off the field. They get you to a third down, and he's able to make big third down in nines, third downs in 11s, third down 12, 14. He's able to come up with a big play. And then you talk about the running play, uh, running backs. They're running by committee. That concerns the people uh, earlier, but they seem to find a way to have uh, running backs that are able to do multiple things, and they get them on the field and they can do things. Jaden Stewart, Antoine Amar, they're getting it done in so many different ways. And while uh, Jawan Pass, he likes to pass the ball, obviously, pun intended, but he can put it down <laughs> in crucial situations. And then let's not forget about Christian Mosley. So you're talking about top 25 running. You have five people that are in the top 25 statistically for Prairie View. Last thing I will say that's interesting about Prairie View is we talk about some great defensives in the SWAC right now, or great defenses against HBC, rightfully so. We talk about some very great offensively, but Prairie View seems to be balanced. They're top three on the defense, top three on the offense. One crunch that we have to talk about is special teams. If they can work that out, this team will be a team that you need to watch going down the stretch. And I agree 100%, Doc. I, I, I said it on Thursday, and I'll repeat it. I think that Prairie View put a lot of people on notice. I mean, when you look at that schedule, the only thing that makes you go kind of draw back a little bit, Prairie View has to go on the road to Southern, has to go on the road to Alcorn State. Those are not easy places to win. Those are not places that have been um, nice to Prairie View in the past, uh, to say the least. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see uh, what the Panthers of Prairie View are able to do coming down the stretch run, getting into the month of October, getting into the month of November. Uh, can they keep this level of play up? Because we, we've kind of seen this from Prairie View in the past, and I know that the Panther fans out there don't like me bringing up this. We saw some hot Prairie View teams uh, in September, early October, and then when we get to that second, third week in October, it cools down a whole heap of bunch, as we say, down in the country. Uh, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, Coach Dooley definitely has that football team rolling. So uh, shout out to uh, Coach Dooley and that staff at Prairie View a and BJ, one thing about it that I'd like to get your take on this, you're right, but this is not a team that hasn't been to Southern and find a way to be up and couldn't finish the deal. They've been to uh, Alcorn, been up and couldn't finish the deal. So these guys, in a lot of ways, have grown up. So they're looking for this opportunity. I don't think this is a bunch that's going to shy away from it. And as we said earlier, we questioned those prayer review teams early a couple of years ago because we questioned the physicality. We're not really questioning it right now. So that's the thing that I think is slightly different. They got to go get it done. They got to prove it. But to your point, um, it's going to be tough. The second thing that I'm intrigued about is their schedule other than those two games, let's say they split. Let's be real about they split. Southern, in terms of their stretch, um, they would have to run the tables and still get out of the way, or Pine Bluff with all those games, I mean, Alcorn with all those games on the road. So even if they split that, they could still find themselves in pretty good position. Oh, yeah. Prairie View is, is, is sitting pretty. If you, if you look at Southern, their tough stretch is getting ready to calm. You got a trip to Arkansas Pine Bluff uh, coming up, not this weekend, but next weekend. You have a uh, homecoming date 
uh, with Prairie View. Right after that, you have our, uh, Alcorn State at home. Then, if that wasn't enough, you got FAMU coming into Mumford Stadium. And then, if that wasn't <laughs> enough, you got Jackson State coming into Mumford Stadium. You get a little bit of bre- a little breather, and then you got the Bayou Classic against Grambling. Yeah. Wow. They, they did Southern no favors with that schedule. <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. That's, that's the point I'm making, and you just nailed it. Yeah. And, and you know, with FAMU, you have the, you, you have the same thing. A fam, you was getting ready. They, they just got, just had Alabama State. You, get, you step out of conference, South Carolina State. You got to go to Alabama A and M, and yeah, it, it's it, it's rough for for everyone. They have Southern in that stretch. They have Grambling at home coming in, during that stretch. Uh, so Prairie View um, is actually, you know, sitting, sitting kind of pretty uh, right now. We're being on this doc. And you talking about Fam U? They got to also go to Pine Bluff. This is one yeah. thing that you got to say about Pine Bluff. Yeah, they got beat up, but Pine Bluff is still a solid team. Don't be surprised if they are a spoiler to some people because they're not going to quit, especially playing at home with some of those teams such as Southern at home. Um, you got FAMU at home. They're going to look forward to really playing well in front of that crowd and seeing if somehow they can get back in the race. I think they're far out of that, but they sure would like to spoil it for some people. And you know what we said this, this summer, Doc, that the way that this conference uh, has come about when you add the two teams in the East with Florida and them, uh, in Bethune Cookman, that what that did from a scheduling standpoint, you're going to have four and five game stretches on everyone's schedule where it, it's going to be daunting. And you're going to have teams that may not get to the dance. They might not get to the party, but they can stop you from going. Um, and that's the interesting thing about the way that this SWAC schedule uh, sets up. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think a lot of folks, their habit and they always go back to the tried and true about what the conference schedule was like a couple of years ago. Rightfully so. That's what they're used to. Um, and you would get that one loss and you'd really feel nervous because you'd have teams come out of the division with no losses or one loss. And so people really think it's all over with two losses. Yeah, it's very challenging, difficult. But I think the landscape of change with the unbalanced schedule, the extra team in each division, it makes it a little more challenging for two losses to get out of here. I am comfortable saying that I don't see any team going undefeated in Southwestern Athletic Conference play. I think it's just too challenging when you add in, especially those road games. I think, uh, you know, with one, two losses, I think you really can be in the race. You got to find a way to get some key wins when you get to that one or two losses, but it can happen. Now, we, now we're talking about Prairie View. Was there another game uh, this weekend that jumped out um, – at your doc that there really was kind of a non-opener or a team that maybe did something where you, you know, just went woke. Yeah, I'm going to take it outside of the Southwestern Athletic Conference uh, for that. I want to go with that Norfolk State-Hampton um, game. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are sleeping on Hampton. Hampton yeah. is improved. We think it's the same Hampton team. And while they lost their game, they really played well, which also gives you a nod to Norfolk State. You have always talked about how solid Dawson Odom is. Yeah, he may have had some flaws. He couldn't get the final thing done. But I don't think people have appreciation of how important it is to have a solid team and a team in the hunt. And he had talent at Norfolk State. We talked about the talent at Norfolk State with Scott. They couldn't quite get over the hump. And true to course, 
all the fanfare would go to North Carolina AT, lately FAMU, and to some degree North Carolina Central. And you might even throw a plug in there for Bethune-Cookman. But those teams in the middle, that was Norfolk State, was one of those teams that we were always talking about getting over the up. They were mm-hmm. able to get a solid win against one of those teams. The problem is they would have a tough loss to somebody we would shake our heads at. I think that's a little different. And this game, to me, was a note for Norfolk State, but also a nod to Hampton in terms of some teams. If you're a fan of HBCU football at the FCS level, that you want to keep your eyes on, which to me makes it interesting later on this season for Hampton and North Carolina AT. I think people are just looking over Hampton and North Carolina AT as if they're going to run roughshod over the Big South. AT is a solid team and they deserve to get your respect. But there are some teams, uh, Mama. Uh, Kennesaw State in there, and I would add Hampton that you need to be prepared for that if you get on that road, especially, and you got to play these teams, these teams can uh, put you uh, in some trouble. So I'm really excited about what Hampton brings to the table. I want to watch them quietly the rest of the season, and I have that one eye, as they say, on Norfolk State. Can you imagine them going to the Celebration Bowl, and on the other side is a Southern team, or the on the other side is a Prairie View team? <laughs> Coach Dooley, that has had his fits with Dawson Odom. Boy, that would be a sight to see for many different reasons. Not to take anybody out of the East. They will have this shot. But I'm just saying in terms of what we've seen in the past with Dawson Odom leaving Southern University this past year. Man, could you imagine the conversations that would be had around the greater Baton Rouge area if Dawson Odom wins the Mid-Eastern Athletic Conference uh, and ends up in the Celebration Bowl? I mean, the conversations... Uh, that will be had in that 225 area. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. I would not want to be the coach at Southern University unless I'm winning the division and getting ready to play for my own championship if that's the case. Oh, yeah, man, absolutely. Uh, another thing about this this weekend, Doc, we kind of talked about it. We know that, you know, we usually a swag heavy on this show uh, with some, some MEAC talk. But one of the statement games – uh, this weekend happened in Fairfield, Alabama, uh, on the campus mm-hmm. of Miles College. Uh, we're talking about Albany State. We, we last saw them play Miles in the SIC championship game in 2019. Uh, Miles controlled that ball game, was able to get the win by the score 21 to 6. Albany State comes back. Uh, they, they, they played this one in Fairfield, and Albany State really took it to Miles, uh, really took it to them. Uh, limited shut down that, that Miles College offense, only 162 yards uh, total offense was able to get the win. How did you feel about Albany State? And is, is now, was that a statement win for Albany State? No doubt. It was a statement win, and uh, I heard it loud and clear. But before I get into breaking down that matchup, because I did get to watch it, I'm really going to shake it up a, a bit. This was the game that featured the 14th team in the SWAC uh, in terms of expansion, if Tennessee State uh, gets thrown out of the OVC and they finally wake up and decide to come in the SWAC, that's if the conference commissioner opens up the door. This was the battle between some people think uh, the team in terms of four, number 14, Miles Colleges, they were trying out and playing Alabama State and then Southern. So people were kind of used to hearing a little bit about Miles and understood that they were a pretty solid team. They probably hadn't heard much about Albany State. They have a pretty good enrollment, over 6,000 students and growing over there, particularly after that merger. And so a lot of people think in terms of their size and their history that they might be a good fit getting into Georgia. 
obviously quietly, I like the private school in Clark Atlanta University. That's kind of mixing it up. I like the marketplace. I want us to get in Atlanta. We can book in the conference with Houston and Atlanta. But that's a discussion for another day. But, you know, I got to tease it out there. But in terms of what we saw on the field, Albany, as Mike would say in these parts and his data points, Albany, as they like to say down there in those parts anyway, um, they made a statement in terms of physically manhandling Miles College. And this is a team that when we thought about the SEC as they were ascending, that's how they beat up on Tuskegee. They would manhandle them. So we were thinking again that this would be a classic matchup, toe-to-toe, fist-to-fist, and we thought for most people that Miles would find a way to come out of it. It was not to be. Albany State made a clear statement. Some of us started putting our eyes to Albany when they got that big non-conference win against the historically white colleges, I like to call them. So we had a little idea that Albany State could be good, but many of us was filling our oats about Savannah State. They're quietly in the background, and that'll be an interesting game coming up. But right now, it's all about all these states, those Golden Rams. And then you look at, not to look too far ahead, but that FIAC Eastern division with, with Albany State, with Savannah State. You saw what Fort Valley was able to do yesterday to Benedict. You saw what they did week one, night one against Tuskegee and Crampton Bowl. Yeah, that, that championship of the FIAC might go through the state of Georgia um, if Albany State um, and, and, and uh, Savannah State and Fort Valley got anything to say about it. I think you're right. And just adding up, I know we don't want to get too far ahead, but that's not even counting about Edward Waters that has transitioned, mm-hmm. as well as Allen, who seems to be just finding ways to get wins. And you're trying to figure out and scratch your head and talking about these teams are not supposed to be doing this yet, and they're making a statement. So you're right. That Eastern Division of the SIC. Put one eye on that over there if you're a fan of HBCU football because they're playing some good one uh, at the Division II level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, Doc, um, only got you for a few more minutes before we go on the break. Got, uh, sure. got got the tall man coming from Alcorn, man. Ooh, uh, good that's friend. nice. He'll break it down. Charles, I love what he does. Yeah. Charles, they got homecoming uh, down on the reservation uh, this weekend. And the G-Men are coming in, going to try to spoil homecoming. We're we going to talk about that. Uh, but again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, 2015 wasn't that long ago. <laughs> but uh, Doc, with with the games that we have upcoming, uh, where will your eyes be this weekend? Um, as far as the, the conference title races kind of shaping up, uh, what, what do you think are going to be like the the, the key games uh, this upcoming weekend? Man, the star on the map. Um, no matter what the polls or what polls you look at this weekend, you got to a top five matchup in Huntsville, Alabama. With Jackson coming to town against Huntsville, a team that just lost. Penny people had this circled anyway in terms of this rematch from the spring. Uh, It was looking like it would be a number one versus number two. It still probably is going to be a number one because a lot of people are going to bump Jackson State to the number one, rightfully so. You can't believe that uh, Alabama A&M is going to fall past five, so you got a top five matchup. Uh, number mm-hmm. one is coming on the road to Huntsville, Alabama, and this is going to have some indication of what is going to take place in the Eastern Division. That's the one I'm going to have my eyes on. Yeah, and, and I agree with you. I, I think that, that that matchup, homecoming on the hill, uh, Alabama A&M, um, we, we know what that football team done in the spring. We know what the detractors said. A lot of people say, okay, you did it only for three games. It's an abbreviated spring. Can you do it for a full season? Uh, so we know what the, the detractors said. 
could Alabama A&M have been looking ahead, looking past Grambling towards this football game? That was a big question all week last week. Uh, could that have happened? But I, I know that Jackson State has that full attention. And that environment in Huntsville, we, Alabama A&M gets clowned on about not having a, a good home environment, a, a, a great home field advantage. It has to be that this weekend. Because the people from Jackson, Mississippi, they're coming. All right, that's right. It's a homecoming or not. Uh, you, you know, they're, they'll make it a neutral site. Um, so if you're Alabama A&M fan, you're watching this, you're a bulldog. I got a whole bunch of them in the family. Uh, Sonia, Teresa, all y'all. Y'all make sure y'all there. You make sure that it, it is a hostile environment for Jackson State because there's no excuses, man. This could very well determine who represents the Eastern Division. If you're Florida A&M, you're rooting for Alabama A&M because you got them next week. If, if Alabama A&M defeats Jackson State and, and Florida A&M defeats Alabama A&M, now your fam, you get back in it. You, That's you right. They're they, they, they going to be watching this game, too. So with, that, yeah. with that being said, uh, you know about Alabama A&M homecoming. They're going to be there. We just yeah. got to get them out of the uh, tailgate parking lot into the stand. Yeah. You know, yeah. do what you got to do out there. Suds up. So like BJ uh, saying, so you can be loud and proud. But get out of the parking lot. Get in the stands because Jackson State is coming down there, and they mean business. They think they have mm-hmm. something special over there. And on the defense, it's without a question. So you got a top-ranked offense versus this top-ranked defense. It is a can't-miss. So this is the place to be. So if you're not there, turn it on television. If you're there, get out of the parking lot and get in the stands and represent because this is going to be a barn burner. Absolutely. Doc, I appreciate you coming in on, man. If you, if you guys – uh, have not watched Inside HBCU Sports Lab with Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. Hey, make sure on Sundays, man, we do a great wrap-up show. Uh, Doc is also hitting you during the week uh, on Tuesdays, right, Doc? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday and Thursday, 6 o'clock Tuesday Central Thursday. Time. We give you a good, solid hour. So, man, making sure you ch- check out him, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Um, I joined Doc in the group on Sunday mornings. Doc, I appreciate you. We're about to run the break. And on the uh, other side, I got Charles Edmond uh, of the Alcorn State uh, Radio uh, Network. The tall man, he's going to be talking about Alcorn State. He's homecoming on the reservation. Uh, and they have uh, the G-Man of Grambling coming in. So you guys stay playing it right there. I'm glad you're here with me. We're going to break real quick. We'll be right back. And uh, we'll jump right into it. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network. Online at www.mybcsn.net and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working.
You see Head & Shoulders has a scalp shield technology protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head & Shoulders scalp shield. Never not working. From Nobby... Hey man, and welcome back to Inside HBCU Football. I'm your host, BJ Jones. I like how to put black college football expert. I mean, I'm good. I don't call myself an expert. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I've been around the game a little bit, played it a little bit, coaching a little bit. I'm, I'm all right. But, uh, man, coming uh, with me now is a guy I really look up, look up to, man. Uh, had an opportunity to meet him some years ago. He's been around this thing. Uh, for a long time, part of that uh, Alcorn State uh, Braves uh, radio network, uh, my good friend, uh, Mr. Charles Edmond. How you doing today, Charles? We got Charles? Make it. Uh, we, sorry, we got a little technical difficulties. It's short. I'm not happy. Oh, man. Not happy, man. What? The Braves didn't play this weekend, so we know it couldn't can't be that man. What, what got you unhappy this uh, this evening, Charles? Uh, we apologize for the technical difficulties. We will get Charles up and running. Just bear with us, folks. All right, Charles, can you hear me? Man, we are sorry, having a few technical difficulties. Charles, can you hear me? Hmm. So we're having some technical difficulties with uh, Charles Edmond. He will be back. We uh, apologize uh, for the technical difficulties. But it's one of the things that you have, man. Technology, man, it's a good thing when it works. It doesn't always work all the time. So we will get Charles Edmond back in here. Um, talk a little Alcorn State, Grambling State. I really want to talk to Charles about, he's an Alcorn guy. Uh, works with the Alcorn Radio Network, has been with the university for uh, about 30 years. But he's a Grambling State graduate. Uh, he, he's he, Deep down, he's a G-man, spirit of Grambling. Uh, graduated from Grambling, working for uh, um, Alcorn State. So this, this game uh, certainly pulls at the heartstrings uh, in a different way for one Charles Edmonds. So uh, looking forward to having him on to talk about that ball game. Uh, before we 
go into Grambling and Alcorn State. Very important uh, football game. We talk about the last game. And there goes Charles. Charles, how you doing? I'm doing well. How you doing? Apologize. I think that's on my end. Uh, my, my my niece is tying up my my Wi-Fi, watching movies or videos or something. So you know how that works. <laughs> so Charles, I just make you you you've been with Alcorn State um, with their radio network. Um, you've you've been there about thirty years, but you are you're a graduate of Grambling State University. This game this weekend, you got all corner and Grambling State. How, that has to tug at your heartstrings in a in a special kind of way, huh? Yeah, I, I tell you what, my first 10, 12 years that I was at Alcorn, there were people that teased me about this matchup. It, and it didn't matter what sport. It could have been football, could have been basketball, could have been Tiddly Wings, could have been soccer. It didn't matter. Um, our late baseball coach who passed away a few years ago, Willie Rapp McGowan, senior, longtime baseball coach at Alcorn, their game. And every time Alcorn played Grambling in any sport, he was made aware of it, and he made it a point to, to challenge me and say, hey, you, you know who you're pulling for, right? So th- there used to be uh, – I used to get teased about it all the time, first 10, 12 years I was there. But, you know, as time rolls along, you know, things change. But, yeah, this is – a this is always a special game because you're a Grambling grad, of course, doing games here at All Corner. And it's always an intense battle, especially in football with late Eddie Robinson and, and Cardell Jones and Rito Castle. I mean, it just goes back, way, way back, long before me. So this, this is, this is going to be something special. And this game right here is going to be something special, too, considering what Grambling just did yesterday. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, Grambling defensively, uh, you saw what they were able to do and um, able to limit, uh, really force turnovers on Alabama A&M. Uh, and you saw Noah Biden. You saw some promise there. Uh, Grambling was given short fields pretty much all game because they took them. Um, those turnovers, Grambling never started worse than our own 40-yard line all day. Uh, you can't do that. What are some of the keys to this ball game coming up on uh, Saturday since now we've seen – uh, what Grambling do, Grambling can do. We we've seen what they can do all year, uh, particularly defensively. Uh, but now with Noah Biden, a, a capable quarterback, uh, what are going to be some of the keys for this ball game uh, for the Braves to make sure they come out with a homecoming victory? Well, the, well, the matchup to me is going to be our offense versus Grambling's defense, and and it's not based on what they did yesterday. I go back to two years ago, 2019, Felix Harper and the Braves going to the hole, Eddie Robinson Memorial Stadium. And we had won five in a row going to Grambling. And we and Grambling held us to nine to 16 points in four quarters in overtime. We lost 19-16 in overtime. I think Grambling's defense has given us problems. And for all the, the restructuring that Grambling did from the spring to the fall season, they really didn't touch the defense. The defense was not the problem. It was the offense. And clearly, you're, kind of, you're starting to see a little bit of, of some of the improvement there. So I think, my, for me, the matchup is going to be how are we going to break through against this Grambling defense? We're going to have to score some points, I think, to win this game. Because if we do and make Grambling score tit for tat, I'm not so certain that 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 Bowden and company can be half against the Pine Bluff game in which we scored 32 points in the second half. 
If we can continue that forward momentum against Grambling, playing at home on our homecoming, I think I don't know if Grambling can match his tit for tat, especially playing a freshman quarterback who's just getting his second start. And I think one of the big things uh, coming to that ball game, Charles, and that that offensive line for Alcorn State has to protect Felix Harper better than they did that first half against Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. Uh, Grambling is, is a better defensive football team uh, than Arkansas Pine Bluff was. I'm pretty sure that uh, Coach Everett Todd and that staff are looking at that particular game, especially the first half, to see you know, how to attack that Alcorn offense. But also, I think that this is an opportunity for Nico Duffy and those running backs uh, to have a big day. Grambling is, is, is very tough against the run and the pass, uh, but I think Alcorn has to run the football to keep them honest. Grambling is very opportunistic on defense. They force turnovers. Uh, they're one of the best teams in the conference as far as forcing turnovers. So to limit that, you're going to have to run the football. I think this is when Nico Duffy and those running backs can have a big day. Uh, what, what say you, Charles? Yeah, I mean, and we were minus one of our one, – one of the guys that had over 100 yards rushing um, in game one against uh, North Carolina Central in Stafford Anderson. He hadn't played the last couple of games. By the way, Stafford Anderson is an intern at, at, at our radio station, so I see him every day. He should be ready to go uh, come Saturday. And so he, he brings another dynamic along with uh, Nico Duffy and Leatherwood and Bolton. So we, we've got a plethora of backs that we can throw at anybody, but we were without our big horse coming out of that central game. So, yeah, we're going to have to run the football for sure because that's, that's where it starts with us. In the first half, we really couldn't run the football against Pine Bluff. But then we got that going. We got Felix Harper out in space. He really couldn't do much in the first half. But I, I think the one thing that we've got to clean up, though, going forward and it starts Saturday special teams. We gave up a 65 yard kickoff return to start the game. We had a punt block for a touchdown. Uh, Pine Bluff had some big runs to get good field position to start. We've got to clean that up the rest of the season. And it's been kind of an issue for a while now. This, this isn't something that just started against UAPB. It's, it's, it, it's been a thorn in our. be able to fix that and fix it quickly. Yeah, and, and, and um, it, it seems like these grambling all-corn games, no matter where they play, their play are tight. I, I remember in 2018, I remember the pass from Noah Johnson to Chris Blair. Uh, well, it looked like the game was going to overtime. Noah Johnson rolls out of pocket. He throws one up. Chris Blair goes and, and, and gets it. Um, and, and, and then the year before that, um, another uh, ball game of all-corn kind of uh, you know, go to Grambling, they, they uh, you know, run into, uh, you know, that Grambling State football team. Grambling stretches it out at the end. Uh, but it seems like these games are always hard-fought battles. Um, and I remember, I know you remember back in the day, when this was a Labor Day uh, game. Uh, this was always the, the first conference game for, for both of these football teams. Uh, why is this, this, this game so important to both of these uh, institutions, uh, Alcorn State and Grambling State University? Well, for a long time, this was the Independence, Independence Day Classic, um, the Red River Classic. You know, we always opened up with Grambling and Shreveport, you know, for the About the Grambling Alcorn rivalry, you got two programs that historically have been really good in SWAC football, the late Eddie Robinson 
Marino Castle was head coach and AD. I mean, it's just, I think that still resonates today with a lot of old time Grandma Knights and a lot of old time Hawker Knights. So, I mean, it, back then it was the first game. It's not now, but you know, the, clearly the stakes are still high. And for Grambling, they're, they're trying to stay in the Western Division race. And for us, you know, we're just trying to go on and just continue to do what we've been doing because the race is going to get tight. We've seen that in the East. Bravey's playing well. So you can't afford to drop one, especially at home. We only have two more home games left. The road is tough after this week with four in a row coming up on the road. You know, we got to go to Valley, which won uh, yesterday. Um, you know, we got to go to Texas Southern, that won. We got to go to Southern, which is trying to heal up a little bit. And then we got to go to Bethune, which I think is going to be a huge spoiler. They're going to spoil it for a bunch of teams, I think, down the stretch, even though right now they're out of it with two losses. So the road's not going to get any easier. And, and this rivalry has just been turned up another notch. Remember the last time Grambling came to Alcorn, they blocked a PAT in overtime to win it. And, of course, we know what happened You know, back in 2019. They scored with 30 seconds left to tie mm -hmm. it up. You know, Hick, Hick Bottom had a tough day, and he hit a big fade pass with 30 seconds left, and then they won it in overtime. So I expect nothing different come Saturday. It's going to be intense, high stakes, grambling win, won the last game, you know, last, uh, yesterday. I expect it to be an intense ball game, and it's our homecoming. So everything is going to be ratcheted up another notch. I think what kind of blew me away about this contest, uh, Charles was looking at it, uh, unless something has changed, uh, well, I see it's on ESPN Plus. So it's on ESPN Plus. Glad that that one's going to be on television. Uh, but if you look around the conference, those are some important games that are being played Saturday at 3 o'clock. Arkansas Pine Bluff visits Alabama State University. Grambling visits Alcorn. Jackson State visits Alabama A&M. All those games going on at the same time. So if you're not able to make it the one, I strongly suggest you subscribe to ESPN Plus. Uh, get one going on the TV, one get one going on the phone, get one going on the tablet. Uh, because I think that this is going to be separation of Saturday. I think that we will uh, the, the the coast will get a little, little bit clearer. Won't be won't be done, but we'll kind of get an idea on who are the contenders uh, in in both divisions and kind of who fares where uh, after Saturday. Uh, what's your opinion on that, Charles? Well, I'll take it up another level. I'll say it's desperation Saturday for some of these teams. You know, for Alabama A&M, I mean, clearly if, if they drop one in Jackson State on Saturday, I think it's going to be tough for them. Um, you know, you, you, you look at Alabama State, clearly disappointed in, in, in their effort yesterday. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's – I think right now you're, you're going to see some teams playing with a lot of desperation. You know, the SWAC champs are in that corner, albeit – now, I'll say this – even though they lost to Grambling and it was disappointing the way they lost the game. If you look at the standings, they lost to a team on the Western side. If A&M wins out, they still get to represent in the East. So as painful mm -hmm. as it was, if you're a Bulldog fan, everything's still in front of you right there. You know, so you got to keep that in mind. When you're playing teams in your own division, it actually counts twice if you really just think about it. So, Yes, yeah. this is going to be a Saturday in which, you know, a lot of games are going to mean a lot of things for a lot of teams. And I think going forward, I think you're, you're going to see uh, some games that are really, really critical, especially, you know, I'm hoping Alcorn wins on Saturday. But if they don't and the Braves have a loss and then Southern drops one, you're really going to see a wild, wild second half of the season in the Southwestern Athletic Conference.
Yes, and I, and I think that the the biggest thing about this one, um, it remember years past we were kind of sitting sitting back waiting uh, for two or three teams to play each other. We kind of knew how it was going to fare out, but we just needed those two three teams to play each other so we can know who who was going to be in a championship game. That's not the case in the, in, in, in this swag, the new swag. Uh, you can say what you want, but there are some teams that have really elevated their games. Um, Arkansas Pine Bluff, I know that they didn't look good the other night, but the way that they, they really pushed all corn state, uh, you look at Grambling, a lot of people left Grambling for dead um, after what happened in the spring and what happened in the early part of the season. Uh, FAMU, uh, they made a statement yesterday, 28 nothing over Alabama State University uh, and did that in dominant fashion. Prairie View, uh, the way they're playing ball right now, there's no telling who could represent this conference uh, in the championship game that first Saturday in December or where that game could be played. And that has that wasn't the case uh, for a few years uh, in the conference. That, that's right. I mean, you know, for, for the Braves, I mean, going to a new division, that, that changes things tremendously. I mean, if we were in the East, we'd be going for another, you know, maybe our eighth straight division title if we're still in the East. You know, uh, Texas Southern woke up yesterday. I mean, you don't know if they're going to build on that. Valley woke up yesterday, and then we got we got to go to Valley next week. So it, I mean, that's uh, that's going to be. I think the SWAC is going to be really, really a challenging going forward. This is what we expected. This is what we predicted at media day. There are no off weeks. I mean, just just look at that Valley game with North Carolina Central. Who thought that that game was going to end the way that it did? I mean, unbelievable. And Valley's been close. I mean, don't count Coach Dancy's team out. They play hard. Nobody talks about them, which I'm sure for them is a good thing because nobody's paying attention to them. Well, they've got my attention, and I hope they get the rest of the conference's attention as well. So, yeah, you're right. You don't know what's going to happen on any given Saturday. At Jackson State, Alabama A&M game with Jackson State issues offensively, they may wake up all of a sudden and score some points, and their defense is terrific. I mean, if their offense matches their defense, they're going to be a tough out. If the Braves can get it going offensively a little bit more, and avoid the mistakes and correct special teams. They're going to be a tough out. So, you know, Florida A&M all of a sudden, now they got a quarterback, they got a little bit of a defense. Don't count Willie Simmons' team out. So every week as we have this discussion, we're moving the chess pieces around to see which is who has the hot hand. And and, and it's really hard to figure that out right now, but it's, it's exciting to talk about. Yeah, and, and another thing, uh, Charles, we, we yesterday – uh, in, in, down in Grambling, Alabama A&M, we, Alabama A&M's defense gets a lot of flack. Uh, but if you look at it, they actually limited Grambling to 277 total yards of offense. Uh, Their defense is put in a, a bunch of bad positions, mainly by five turnovers. Uh, and if you look at Alabama A&M offensively, Grambling's defense gets a lot of credit. But Alabama A&M had uh let me let me check just to double check 400 and 476 yards of total offense the kill glass pass for over 400 yards now one thing about Alabama Adam yesterday they abandoned the running game only 18 yard only 18 rushing attempts and the kill glass put the ball in the air 62 times didn't protect the football uh that you know resulted in uh interceptions uh could it there have been a situation where Alabama A&M kind of played into the hands of Grambling? Because uh, uh, Scotty Allscript said this a little bit earlier, and, and and I believe him. 
if Alabama A&M punts instead of turning the ball over and forces that Grambling football team to drive the length of the field, I think we have a different outcome as opposed to the, the five turnovers that we got. Well, Grambling, if you look at it, was working with a short field all game long, never started outside of their own 40-yard line, and, and you let me start from the 40. We, we get some points. Absolutely. I, I got a chance to look at probably a third of the game, and most of that came in the second quarter, and I saw Alabama's A&M turn over three straight times. And, and if you look at – if you take that segment away, they probably do win the game. But, you know, Alabama A&M is kind of like the Kansas City Chiefs, high risk, high reward. They, they love to stretch the field. They love to score a bunch of points, but there comes risk with that as well. And they were not protecting a the football. They are very careless with it. And, yeah, I mean, you gave Grambling a short field, and you got a quarterback that's making his first start. So you kind of figure you're playing into your own hands in which, you know what, we can get off the field, you know, with a quarterback, a young quarterback in his first start. But I think it also shows some glaring weaknesses there, too, that A&M defensively, I mean, yeah, they're going to give up a lot of points and yards, but it finally caught up with them. And I've been saying this, BJ, for the last month. It wasn't sustainable. At some point, either offensively, you're going to be off, in which the six turnovers did them in, or defensively, you know, you gave Rambling a short field. You just weren't able to get off the field. At some point, it catches up with you, and it did yesterday. Now, Carnell Maynard said they got to fix it and fix it fast. I don't know what you do in seven days with Jackson State coming to town. Yes, you're at home, but you got a lot of cleaning up to do on that defensive side. And offensively, you just got to protect the football so you can score points. But defensively, you've got to get better if you want to get to where you want to be. And you don't have a lot of time to get it right. Now, granted, the next four weeks, A&M is playing at home or in Birmingham. So they, they, they do have a favorable schedule. But that defense has been porous for a while now, even going back to 19, just outscoring people. You can't continue to do that. You, gotta, you did it in the spring, but I don't know in the long all the season if you can continue to do that so we'll see if they have it fixed come Saturday when they host Jackson State but it finally caught up with them and for Grambling hey they got new life and we'll see if they can deal on that with this freshman quarterback come Saturday when they come to Alcorn yeah the thing about Alabama A&M and, and I always say this playing defense is an attitude more so than anything more so than any scheme more so than any film that you can watch Playing defense is an attitude, and you have an attitude to do this. That attitude has not existed for Alabama A&M for some time. Um, you've seen a team just out, flat out, sometimes defensively, looks disinterested in tackling anybody. You can't scheme that. You know that that, that, that that's the thing right here. Either you have it or you don't. There's nothing. I can't call a timeout. I can't adjust to it. Uh, I either either have that and I, and I, or I don't. And that's what worries me about this football team, especially with these next couple of games. Jackson State's going to be very physical on the defensive side of the football. Alabama A&M is going to have to make some stops uh, for them to be able to win that football game. Uh, Florida A&M, very physical on the defensive side of the football. Uh, that, that offense is coming into themselves, but they can run the football. That game down in Birmingham, Alabama State, very physical on the defensive side of the football. That offense uh, is hit and miss. It all depends on how Ryan Nettles feels that particular day. But if you don't match the physicality of your next three opponents, you could very well walk away uh, one and two or, or oh and three. 
it's realistic. Absolutely, absolutely. I absolutely agree. And 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 your face. I mean, what I'm sure what's frustrating the Bulldog fans is that you faced a Grambling team that was very non-existent offensively. They were shut out two games in a row, USM and Houston. You know, the defense kept them in half in both of those games. You found a little bit of a spark against Prairie View. Bowden played in the second half. But then, you know, just going into yesterday's game, Grambling's offense was offensive. I mean, just non-existent. And yet they were able to do what they did, score a ton of points. I, I, I agree that your defense has to have an attitude. And if they don't get it fixed this week against the Jackson State team that can score some points, we've seen that a little bit, but not too much, you know, compared to Grambling. If, if, if Shadur Sanders and company have a big day offensively, I don't know when you get it fixed because other teams are going to exploit that. And I think you're just not going to have enough time to, to clean that up, especially with the Florida A&Ms of the world and Bama State is going to be emotional, all that, all that stuff. So this is a huge game for A&M in more ways than one. He is uh, Charles Edmonds of the Alcorn State uh, Radio Network. Charles, I hope you have a happy homecoming um, this weekend. Um, I hope that your team wins, and I hope that the Gremlin Alumni Association don't come hunting for you after the game <laughs> on, on Saturday. Uh, <laughs> it should be. Oh, hey, be, they're going to find There's going to be so many people. I'm going to be hard to find. I'm going to duck and dodge and hide, yeah, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> i tell you what, somebody's going to be looking for you at the end of the game come Saturday, Charles. It's either going to be the employee of the school. It's going to be one or two. But some people are going to be looking for you. Uh, but, man, I, really sincerely, man, I hope that you guys have a, a wonderful homecoming. I know there's going to be an outstanding uh, contest down there. Uh, I enjoy, uh, really appreciate you coming on with me, Charles Edmonds. Tell you a quick story about Charles Edmonds. Dean Barnes of Alcorn State University is like, he, he, he is like the guy to me. Uh, grew up. You know, going to games in this conference and hearing uh, his voice. Never knew who he was. Uh, it was through Charles Edmonds. I actually got an opportunity to meet Dean Barnes. And I tell you, I was in awe uh, sitting in the press box, uh, getting a chance just to talk to Dean Barnes, just about football and just so much that he's seen. So I appreciate uh, you for that, Charles, and uh, appreciate everything that you do uh, with, with uh, HBCU sports across the board, not just football, uh, but everything that you do with the Alcorn Radio Network. Uh, so appreciate you, man, and uh, looking forward to having you back. Did I lose it, y'all? Yeah, some technical issues with Charles. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we will go to break. I promise you guys uh, one of the uh, things about this show is that we would take it uh, outside the lines. Uh, and tonight I have a, a special guest uh, that'll be with me coming up after the break. Professor P.J. Howard, Assistant Band Director at Alabama State uh, University. Talk to P.J. about the state of the sport of HBCU marching bands who uh, Chop it up with P.J. Howard, a uh, very talented guy, very passionate about what he does. Um, he's making his mark at Alabama State University. You've seen him at Talladega College. You, know, you saw what he was able to do uh, at Stillman College in a short uh, period of time. Everywhere that he's been, 
Um, he's done an outstanding job. A guy that has a passion, uh, not only for music, uh, but for our young people. Uh, so very uh, contagious personality. You guys will really like him. Uh, Professor P.J. Howard of Alabama State University, one of the, the assistant uh, director of bands down there. We want to go to break. Uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in. Uh, we're going to go take a quick break. And on the other end, I will deliver Brother P.J. Howard of Alabama State University. From novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website, www.slowburnwaco.com. That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBN Online, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. was brutal. Well, you can try using the Buick's massaging seat. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure. It's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Well, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry. I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. You really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision. An SUV built around you. All of you. Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker-Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker-Upper. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. 
Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. For 200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change. Today, this riverfront city has been reborn, embracing the past and looking forward to the future. From the National Memorial for Peace and Justice to the stage of the Alabama Shakespeare Festival, this is where history was and is made. We are proud to call Montgomery home, and together, we can be the change. We are back. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. We are back uh, here to talk about some more HBCU football. Uh, PJ Howard will be in uh, momentarily. Uh, but this weekend, we had a, a few uh, crucial contests. I know that uh, Grambling and Alabama A&M stole a bunch of the headlines. Uh, but Mississippi Valley uh, getting a big win at home uh, against North Carolina Central by the score of 17 to 16. And this North Carolina Central team actually started off this year on a high note. Uh, ESPN primetime game, MEAC SWAC Challenge against the two time defending SWAC champion, Alcorn State. And North Carolina Central was able to beat this football team uh, by, by nine points, score 24 to 13. Uh, North Carolina Central. It's, had, it's been tough sledding since then. Uh, very well could have lost to Winston-Salem State, who got absolutely boat raced uh, yesterday by Shawan. Um, shout out to Stephen Gaither in the Winston-Salem State. All the Rams, Tyler Carr, the Rams out there. Uh, no, yesterday didn't go how you guys wanted it to go, but uh, North Carolina Central, uh, we talked about earlier, a lot of people felt like after that win against Alcorn, they could possibly be a contender uh, in, in the MEAC. It, it certainly doesn't look that way now uh, for North Carolina Central uh, after losing 17-16 uh, to Mississippi Valley. And, and it was the fashion in which North Carolina Central did it. Before the half, uh, had, had an opportunity to take a lead into the, into the half. They threw a pick six, uh, literally the last play of the first half. Valley scores and ties that ball game up, uh, and that score really gave Valley life. Um, and, and North Carolina Central, they they go home with a loss. Mississippi Valley, we kind of saw them getting kind of close. Uh, played Southern close a, a week ago. Uh, never uh, quit during that football game, uh, but it was ha- I was happy to see Coach Dancy and that Delta Devils football team. Uh, get a big win. Uh, they've been needing that. Um, also in the conference yesterday, Florida A&M, 
to nothing over Alabama State. Over 21,000 people in attendance. Shout out to the Hornets of Alabama State. Uh, brought a lot of fans down to Tallahassee. An old FIAC rivalry uh, between Florida State and I'm sorry, Florida A&M and Alabama State. Um, the Hornets come up short. Ron Nettles um, did not have his best of days uh, on yesterday. Alabama State actually played three quarterbacks on yesterday, which is not a good sign at all. Uh, zero points. They gave up 28 defensively. Alabama State did not play bad. They did give up that touchdown, uh, the beginning of the game, that opening drive. But that defense really, really – did not play well. That offense gave them no help. Uh, 28 to nothing, Alabama State falls. Uh, now the Hornets sit one and one in the conference. And you have homecoming. Also this week, Montgomery, Alabama, homecoming uh, against Arkansas Pine Bluff. That's a crucial game uh, for Alabama State as well as Arkansas uh, Pine Bluff. Arkansas Pine Bluff, 0-2 in the conference. You lose on Saturday. You go ahead and start pumping up the basketball, the basketballs, because you're pretty much mathematically, you're not mathematically eliminated yet, uh, but common sense says you're eliminated. Um, if you're Alabama State, you cannot afford to fall to one and two in the conference. Not with Jackson State and Alabama AM looming on that conference schedule. Uh, so that's going to be a very important game uh, down in Montgomery. Uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff from the Western Division. Alabama State University from the Eastern Division, uh, very crucial game, not just because it's a conference game, but it's homecoming uh, for the Hornets. So happy homecoming uh, to all of the Hornets uh, out there. Yeah, 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 State. Um, moving on along uh, yesterday, um, Hampton, I'm sorry, Howard, finally getting a win. Uh, so shout out to Howard. They defeated Sacred Heart. Uh, on yesterday, and it was the way in which the Bison uh, went about doing it. Um, Howard scored 13 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were trailing in that ball game at that at one point. Uh, was trailing by the score of 17 uh, to, to three. Uh, scored four, uh, 13 unanswered in the fourth quarter to get their uh, first win on the year. So shout out uh, to Coach Scott and the Bison of. Howard uh, for getting their first win. Uh, next week, man, it is a smorgasbord uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. It is also homecoming week uh, for quite a few uh, schools in the SWAC. We got three homecomings on Saturday. We got homecoming at Alabama A&M, uh, homecoming at Alabama State, uh, homecoming. Uh, also on the reservation of Alcorn State. And those are some big, big games, not because they're just homecoming, but these are some key games that will determine how the SWAC will be won. Alcorn State hosts Grambling State. We just talked about that uh, with Charles Edmond. Then Jackson State goes on the road, faces Alabama and them. We remember all the talk. Um, all the, the trash talking from the spring that transpired with, with Coach Carnell Maynard and, you know, to get you some more stars and all of those. All this stuff's cute. Uh, but come Saturday, it's game time. Uh, Jackson State going to going to Alabama A&M. I'm pretty sure that the Big Blue Nation will be 
in full effect there as well as the Bulldogs. Uh, that's going to be a key game. Alabama A&M, you cannot fall 0-2 in the conference. Uh, Jackson State looking to avoid a conference loss. Um, if you're Jackson State, you win this one, you're almost sitting pretty, almost. Not yet, but you're sitting pretty because you will have defeated Florida A&M and Alabama A&M, uh, two of the biggest contenders in the Eastern Division. Uh, so that will be uh, interesting. Uh, also, you got homecoming in Alabama State. We just talked about that. Southern uh, and Texas Southern will hook up in Arlington, Texas, uh, and the the showdown there uh, at the the Rangers Old Ballpark. I forgot what they are calling it now, but it'll be right there uh, in the heart of Arlington. If you're familiar with that area, same area as Globe Life Field, the new ballpark, uh, the Cowboys Stadium. Six Flags, Texas Live, all that good stuff is right there, man. So you are going to Arlington, Texas, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, man. Have a good time. Uh, Mississippi Valley well, will be hitting the road uh, this weekend to face off against uh, Bethune-Cookman. That game is cr crucial for Bethune-Cookman. We saw uh, Bethune-Cookman uh, yesterday early. Uh, looked like they were getting taken to the woodshed by South Carolina State. And, and then Bethune-Cookman scores 28 unanswered in the fourth quarter to make, make it a ball game. Uh, they fall 42 to 35, but that was a 42 to 7 a ball game at one point. Uh, so shout out to the Wildcats uh, for not giving up. They, they stayed in and they fought uh, and had an opportunity uh, right there at the end of that ball game uh, to defeat South Carolina State. If you're South Carolina State, Florida and them. Uh, you, you make that trip to uh, Tallahassee this weekend. Uh, old MEAC rivals, old SIAC rivals face off against Tallahassee, face off in Tallahassee. If you're South Carolina State, you, you need this game. Uh, you need this ball game. South Carolina State right now uh, send that one and three overall. You don't want to be one and four uh, and, and run the risk. Uh, we, and we talk about this from a marketing standpoint. Uh, would you want to see a six and five South Carolina State uh, in the Celebration Bowl? Uh, Y'all think about what that does for marketing from that ball game. So you need to win as much as possible. So that's another key ball game coming up uh, on this weekend. I'm sorry, see Roy, did, were you trying to say something to me? Nope. All right, we're gonna keep it going. Uh, we're gonna keep uh, keep it pushing until we get. Uh, a hold of P.J. Howard of Alabama State uh, University. Um, looking at the games on uh, Saturday, we really started talking about the keys. Uh, really, we started talking about Jackson State uh, and Alabama A&M. Jackson State's defense ranked number one overall in the Southwestern Athletic uh, Conference. Uh, they do an, a, an amazing uh, job. Jackson State right now is only uh, giving up about 246 yards total um, surrendering to the opposing team's defenses. That's number one overall in the conference. The problem with Jackson State is offensively, they're ranked ninth in the conference. Uh, we know what Shador Sanders can do. He's efficient with the football. Uh, Jackson State has no running game. They're ranked dead last in the conference as far as the rush. Uh, that has to change 
you can't be one dimensional. You, you have to have at least the threat uh, of the run uh, to sustain success over the course of the season. Uh, but that defense, uh, the way that they're playing, their lights out, uh, that defense will keep them in every uh, game. Uh, if you're Jackson State, you're going to throw the ball around on Alabama A&M, you have to protect it. One thing about Shadua Sanders, he has been he has been efficient with the football. Doesn't make a lot of mistakes. Uh, offensive line needs some work at Jackson State. One thing about Shadua Sanders, he's been able to escape the pocket uh, and escape uh, pressure uh, and get away from it to avoid sacks. Uh, th- that's something that we'll have to continue. Alabama A&M, we talk about them defensively uh, and what they haven't been. But Amani Holloway, linebacker at Alabama A&M, has to have a big game. A uh, young man who was one of the leading tacklers uh, in the Southwestern Athletic Conference back in 2018 as well as 2019, he has to have a big game. Um, if you're an Alabama A&M defense, you have to have a big game. You know what's coming. Jackson State's going to load up, uh, and they're going to throw the ball around the yard. Uh, you have to make sure that you are in position uh, for pass breakups and interceptions. Have to put some pressure on Shadua Sanders. That Jackson State offensive line is susceptible to that. Uh, you have to put pressure on him, and when you get there, you have to bring him down to the ground. A lot of people have put pressure on Shadua Sanders. Not a lot of people have brought him down to the ground. He did get sacked quite a bit against Delta State, took a couple of licks, uh, but he was able to get out of a lot. Uh, so that's going to be key on Saturday. Uh, if you're Alabama AM offensively, you have to protect the football. You have to protect the football. I know we give um, Akil Glass a lot of accolades for the amount of yardage that he will pass for. Uh, but if there's a criticism to be had about one Akil Glass, sometimes he can be sloppy with the football. Uh, sometimes he can be um, sloppy with the uh, football. Uh, right now, he is the leading, the leading passer in the conference uh, with 1,511 yards passing. He's averaging 377.8 yards passing per game. The problem is Akil Glass also leads to swacking interceptions with six. All right. He can't have a multi-interception game on Saturday and Alabama and then walks away successful. That's not the way that that's going to be able to play out on Saturday. Alabama a has to protect the football um, offensively, and you cannot abandon the run. Alabama a 18 rushing attempts on yesterday, 63 passes by Akil Glass. You do that against this Jackson State defense, and they, they peel pin their ears back, good luck. Um, so that's going to be a key uh, to, to the ball game on uh, Saturday. Uh, Alabama a fans, I know you get a lot of grief. You are a easy, you're the butt of the easy jokes. You can change that on Saturday. Uh, show up and, and make sure that Lewis Cruz Stadium is rocking and rolling uh, and so support your team. Get away from the tailgate. We know that you like the tailgate this homecoming. Uh, but what separate you from the Southern, the Gramblings, the Jackson States, and the Alcorns and the FAMUs is that home, tailgate big there too. But the fans know that they take that they, they, they never take care of business. And the business is the, the game. The tailgate can't be more important than the game. So that's my challenge to the Bulldog fans. Tailgate can't be more important than game. You know what I mean? 
tailgate fun. Trust me. I'd have a few adult beverages and have fun and, you know, kick it just as well as the next man. But the game is business. And once that game is there, you ha- you guys have to create an atmosphere uh, that is hostile and that benefits your football team on Saturday. Um, we are still awaiting the arrival of one P.J. Howard. Uh, so we will continue. Um, I'll be safe. All right. You want He's on. All right. So I just got word. We're going to take a quick break. I got P.J. Howard uh, waiting in the wings. We're going to talk. I promise you guys, we'll talk a little band talk on here. I ain't an expert at that. So I brought the experts in. P.J. Howard, one of the best in the business. We'll take a quick break, and we come back, we're going to have P.J. Howard, Alabama State University. This is Carlos Brown, letting you know that we're on the move. You can now catch the Carlos Brown Show beginning this July on the Black College Sports Network each and every Saturday from 11 to 1 Eastern Time. That's 10 to 12 Central Time. Same time, new place. On Facebook at the Carlos Brown Show and Black College Sports Network, online at www.mybcsn.net, and on the BCSN app, available on Google Play and the Apple App Store. Troy, you work here? I'm never not working. Like head and shoulder scalp shield technology, up to 100% dandruff protection, even between washes. Never not working. (laughs) Never not working. Never ever not working. Head and shoulder scalp shield, never not working. See, Head and Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. Number 15? Never not working. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Head and Shoulders scalp shield, never not working. to Inside HBCU Football. I'm your host, BJ Jones, and I got a special guest uh, with me. Um, I, I say young man, he's still young. Uh, professor uh Alabama State University, PJ Howard. Uh, he's been around. Um, you saw the impact that he was able to make at Talladega College, uh, the impact that he was able to make uh, in, a, in a very short period of time at Stillman College. Uh, but whenever he's gone, he's left his stamp uh, on that marching band program. He has a passion not only for music, but for young people um, and has a contagious uh, personality that you guys uh, will like if you don't know him. So, P.J. Howard, man, welcome to Inside HBCU Football. Man, thank you. It was a blessing to be here, man. I appreciate you uh, for thinking enough for me to reach out to me so that I can talk uh, band tonight. Man, I, and, and, you know, one of the things I want to do different about this show, I think oftentimes um, in this arena, we, 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 we're so football-driven, 
And mm-hmm. you know, one of the things as 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 a youngster that really drew me to uh, HBCU football was the bands. I remember as a kid coming to the game and you know the the bands being so uh, a part of that and, and how that impacts you as a player on the field. So I definitely wanted to you know really branch out and just reach out to uh, directors such as yourself and kind of see, hey, we know what we think during the football season, the guys who are hardcore football, but what, what is uh, P.J. Howard, what do you think uh, during the season, man? So far, we, we're still young in the season. Uh, we're heading to the second weekend of October. What has been your impression of not only the Mighty Marching Hornets, you got a fantastic group down there, uh, but the sport of band so far uh, this football season? Man, it's been tough. Um, actually, band and football actually uh, emulate each other a lot in, in a lot of ways. A uh, band is most definitely a sport because it's emotional, it's, psycho- it's psychological. You have to be physically fit, you know. You have to be mentally fit. Um, this COVID, um, uh, this um, worldwide pandemic, man, has taken a toll on a lot of the things that we used to refer to as uh, tradition. Um, it's changed the conditioning uh, mentally and physically of students. Um, you know, it's hard, man, getting out there, uh, marching up and down the field, you know, enduring the elements, you know, uh, rain, you know, uh, the, the, the blaring sun, you know, when you've been in the house, you know, for a whole year, you know, sitting on the couch drinking air conditioner, you know what I mean? It's a, <laughs> yeah. It's a huge change uh, mentally and physically, you know, um, but this has been by far, uh, been a college band director for, this is my 19th season. And um, I will say by far, this has been one of the most challenging seasons uh, that I've ever had to endure uh, as we expected, but uh, it's most definitely been challenging uh, I just pray that next season is better for us all once we uh, get closer and closer to, uh, you know, um, normalizing and also um, becoming reacclimated with the things that we used to do. Yes, man, I agree with you 100%. I know that the pandemic has really uh, impacted, you know, a lot of people are not going out and, and supporting the team because they're worried, um, you know, about getting sick. I know that. Alabama State University, you got the 50% uh, capacity uh, that has, you know, has really played a role. Uh, During the game, PJ, I've always wanted this. Uh, During the game, how much are you as a band director, how much are you uh, paying attention to, you know, kind of what happens down on the field? Um, Well, man, we are a football team uh, focus organization. Like, you know, we have our, our things before and after the game, but we're there, you know, for the, uh, you know, for the morale of the football team, to keep them alive, to let them know we're still rooting for them. You know, hopefully we'll play a song or two that'll strike a chord within the players and get them, you know, how we say crunk, you know, while they're fatigued or, you know, while they ain't concentrating. We try to break the ice for the football team and, uh, you know, get them relaxed, you know, get them in a place, you know, not to take their mind off the game. But it's it's a lot of anxiety involved, you know, when you're um, most definitely a receiver or playing a position that's very exposed. You know, if you, you know, you don't defend this pass or 
if you run the wrong route or if you're a quarterback and, you know, you you uh, not reading the defense well and so on and so forth. There's a lot of thinking going on. So we try to be that, um, you know, that element that takes them not away from the game but puts them in their comfort zone so they can be relaxed while they do what it is that they have to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, and I like that you say, you know, so, you know, support. Um, you, know, I, you know, I remember Dr. Isaac Griggs, you know, talked about how important it One was. One of the greatest in the world, man. Yeah, he, he was talking about, you know, how important it was, you know, to play certain songs at different times. And, you know, at the HBCU crowd, the crowd oftentimes it's the band that gets the crowd going, which in turn gets, gets the team going. So band plays a very important role. And, and one thing that I learned, you know, playing ball in the HBCU is how much work that you guys put into it, man. During camp, the band is out there, you know, five, six in the morning. They're out there 11, 12 o'clock at night and even longer. Yes. Um, so, man, you, you know, you learn to appreciate the grind um, and what you guys do. Uh, I know in football, you know, we kind of look at the schedule and look and say, you know, we got so-and-so here. We got so – we're going to bring it this week. We got so-and-so here, so-and-so, you know, here. Um, is that the same way in the, in, in the band world? Man is identical. Uh, you know, like say for an example, you know, you know, being a Louisiana boy, we already know how – uh, revered Southern University football uh, program uh, and most definitely their uh, band program. Uh, you know, you just know you have to be on your A game when you're going to see that blue and gold. There's just no way around it uh, because they're both known for, uh, you know, supreme mindset. They're always going to be competitive. You can count on it. I don't care what year it is. I don't care what the world is doing. COVID, SARS, whatever's going on. Uh, human jukebox is going to be competitive. And so are those uh, Jags, man. It's just understood like care to one. But we most definitely have uh, certain schools that are known uh, for being uh, competitive. Uh, some that are known, you know, for, uh, you know, claiming victory more, um, more, you know, uh, often than others, you know. And um, so we have select, you know, even though we respect every single uh, band program that we face, no matter if you got three people in the band or 300, you know, we're most definitely going to give you all we have, but there are certain band programs that have been on top so long, man, that, you know, you kind of expect the best from them. So you have to make sure you dig, uh, you know, as deep as you possibly can to rise to the occasion, you know. So we have to do that for the fans, you know, our institution. Um, the administration that um, captains the institution, and most definitely our men on the field. So, you know, they're digging deep. We're digging deep, too. Man, one thing about Alabama State University, I, I always say this, you'd be hard-pressed to find a marching band with more swag than the, the modern marching one. I remember back in the day when Alabama State came out with the gold spats, and, and that was that was a, a big deal, man, to get uh, the whole band – you know, gold spats, man, just from, you know, the you know the drum majors. And then you throw in uh, the honeybees and what they bring to the show. Uh, right. Man, just everything with Alabama State University, the amazing job. Uh, but you guys, Dr. Oliver and Charles and the crew uh, doing yes. down there in Montgomery. And then I hear today, man, the people from Florida and them talk about how well you guys did yesterday, um, yes. especially during that halftime show. When you start talking about one of the 
we, one of the band programs that all people always talk about is the March of 100. Uh, but the body March of Hornets went down there and took, took care of business. So that tributes to the hard work that you guys put in, man. How was that going down uh, to Tallahassee yesterday? Well, um, you know, we have so much respect for, you know, just as Southern University, um, Florida A&M University is most definitely, man, the band that most of us um, have been measured by for so long, uh, rest in peace to uh, Dr. William P. Foster, um, the Alabama State University and Florida A&M University bands are actually related uh, historically. So uh, it was most definitely an intense rival, especially for those who are aware of the history of those two programs and their likeness. Um, our founder of the Mighty Marching Hornets, uh, the late great uh, uh, Dr. Um, Dr. Lyles, uh, Thomas E. Lyles, he uh, was, um, used to be the clarinet instructor at Florida a and Alabama State. And he had the opportunity, you know, to study there, to grow there, to work there, to learn there. And um, here we are. Uh, that crowd in Bragg Stadium, I used to attend. Uh, I was actually a student at Florida A&M University uh, back in 2003. So that culture that you're speaking of, um, that environment, that atmosphere, you know, I used to be one of those students who participated in that. So um, we kind of knew what we were up against. Uh, we knew exactly uh, what we had to do, you know, to not just try to be supreme, but to uh, fit in, to belong. You know, this uh, SWAC conference of band is, uh, in our eyes, is the NFL. Uh, there is no league greater uh, band. I'm sorry. There are other leagues that uh, have great bands in it. But from school to school, the SWAC uh, conference seems to have the most dominant band programs on a more consistent basis. And I will say that uh, in my opinion, Bethune-Cookman and Florida a and University, at least band-wise, were great, great additions. So going to uh, uh, Tallahassee yesterday, it was a huge uh, feat, man. And um, that crowd is very uh, proud of the Florida a and uh, margin 100. So, you know, it's kind of hard to get in there and compete with them just in the eye of the crowd. But uh, our band went down. We, we, we did what it is that we do. We wasn't swayed from left to right. You know, we stayed the course. Uh, we put together and executed an awesome show. Uh, and we closed it. And um, the crowd gave it a, a, a surprising ovation. And um, we got in the stands. We handled business. And we went home. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys did put on an amazing show. Look good uh, doing it, uh, too, by the way. Um, Thank you. you no, no problem. And you always talk about one thing that, that draw me to you, PJ, is the passion mm -hmm. that not only that you have for music, uh, mm -hmm. but the passion that you have for our kids. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's big. You always talked about how music can save lives and change lives. Yeah. Um, and, and, and how we can use music to bring kids to college and never thought they, they would have ever come to college. Um, so uh, you having that passion, I think that that's something big. And I think that that's something every every program you're at, whether it's Talladega, whether it's Steelman College, whether it's Alabama State uh, University, the, the kids that you that you bring in, when they say, man, PJ coming in, 
recruiting goes up. Um, and talk about that passion and 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 how kids gravitate towards you and that that passion that you have not only for the kids but for music itself. Well, man, I will say this: is music is one of those elements that will trick you uh, to believe in yourself. Um, you know, uh, we speak about we speak of football. Uh, football is for people who have superhuman <laughs> abilities only. You can't really have potential and be an awesome football player. You can have potential that'll get you on the team possibly, but the rest of it is going to be hard work and dedication. I played football, you know, um, so I know myself. But when it comes to music, um, music just seems to have the ability to touch more people and to offer more scholarships and to offer more possibilities because there's not many kids out there that can run a 4240. You know, there's not many kids out there, you know, who are, you know, uh, 6'1 or 6'2 or even 6'6, six, six, you know, where they can be an awesome receiver or, you know, a nice tight end or even a dynamic quarterback and so on and so forth. You know, both of those um, sports, because band is a sport, you know, they're great in their own right. But for me, um, band and music has allowed me a conversation piece to reach out. It gives me an opportunity to reach out to kids who may just need a little push or need someone like me that they can relate to that can, you know, encourage them to try and invest in themselves. You know, one thing that we don't realize is that we all gifted, but if you don't have somebody like me or somebody like yourself who can get with a kid and articulate and point out how you're gifted and let's try this method to unlock the next level of your gift so that it'll benefit you, then a lot of them just fall by the wayside because they haven't had the opportunity to be mentored or to be inspired or to, like I say, help somebody help them identify what they've been blessed with. And until we do that, man, you know, we can look at crime rate (laughs) steadily getting stronger, you know, unemployment, homelessness, you know, so on and so forth. We got people roaming around aimless because they don't have anybody to help them find them. You know, and uh, I just like to say that band room and college campuses are great places to do that. Yes, yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, much like football, I, I know that band is the, the vehicle of uh, bringing a lot of kids to college and getting a lot of kids degrees. Oftentimes, the first time a degree has been in that family. Um, exactly. So I think it, yeah, I think it is very important. I, I really took the sport of band from you, um, you know, hearing yes. you talk about the, the sport of band, of band and the impact that, that I see that, that, that you've made. I remember in 2019, the Battle of Birmingham, just the energy that, that you helped put out and made that event something great for the city of, of Birmingham, um, yes. where I'm from, um, which is one of the best events that, that, that we've had. Um, and I remember a lot of people Love that event, event. Talk about uh, Steelman College. Uh, yeah, man, we were, we were the number one band in the nation that week uh, by ESPN, yeah. man. And that yeah. was a blessing because I didn't even know it. And just like, you know, this is my first year at Alabama State University, and we number one, number one. We voted yesterday number one band in the nation again. So I think what it is, man, it's, um, it's God uh, pointing us like one thing you'll find out is when you walk in the direction 
and walk in, uh, walk in the purpose and what you were created to do, man, you'll see that your efforts will be magnified. And I've been seeing it over and over. And I fought long and hard with myself over returning the band because I took a little time off uh, between 2008 and 2010. Um, before then, I was the uh, I was at Miles College, uh, 2004 through 2008, and um, I worked under Professor Arthur Means, um, one of the great band, one of the greatest band directors known to the uh, state of Alabama and across the uh, across the country, man. And um, he took his time and he showed me. He articulated, hey, man, you're really good at this. Pay attention to this. If I were you, what I would do, if you want to be better, just pay a little more attention to detail. And if you're not sure, just come in and knock on my door, and I'll help you through it. And, man, when you got somebody or when you have somebody as um, as awesome as he is and of his stature, man, that almost makes, almost makes you feel a bit invincible. So you mean to tell me that I got I have what it takes and I can come knock on this guy's door, who's one of the greats of the sport, and he's willing to offer me advice on how to fix things that I, I find to be complex. Man, it's just a, it's a beautiful feeling. Let's talk about alignment right quick. Sometimes when you pray, um, you ask God for certain things, because I pray for this, you know. Maybe when I was like 17 years old, I've always wanted to be a band director. Um, but I prayed for it and I never asked God to, to give me people who would help me. What I would do is the people who I knew could help me, I would call them all the time and just, I was a stranger and I would just ask them questions. And when it came to my college, actually, I asked them, I said, Hey, I know how to write music. Um, you know, and I'd love to be on your, your um, team. You know, I come work for free. And he's like, well, man, we don't just um, we don't just let people come write musical. I tell you what, when the next time you'll be in town? And um, I came down from Louisiana. Uh, Southern University was playing Alabama State um, in Birmingham um, at the SWAG Championship, and I stopped by Miles College campus, and he started looking at my my arrangements, looking at the scores, and he's like showing them to his assistant band director, like, you see that? And I'm gonna be honest with you, BJ, nobody ever taught me how to write music. It's just something I woke up and knew how to do. Wow. Nobody ever, no, nobody ever sat down and took time to teach me how to write music. You know, I had people who tried to help me learn to read music. And, but writing music, no, I never, I never had that, you know, that training, you know, it's just something that seemed like, seems like it was inside of me. I remember going to uh, one of the local pawn shops because they had this, uh, this uh, computer software that would allow you to write music because I used to write all my music on copy paper, just pen and paper. Wow. And, um, I started taking it off the copy paper and plugging it into this computer program and I could press play and it would allow me to hear the parts. It allowed me to hear my mistakes. And you know how you got kids who stay up all night playing Fortnite and Call of Duty. I was mm -hmm. able to stay up all night and I was writing music. Now that I can figure out, I can hear all the parts. And I just, 
I just it just started speaking to me. And a lot of people when 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 music is playing, they hear the notes. I hear the notes too, but at the same time I see color, like actual shades, you know. And um it just, you know, and I before I, I learned to write music, I would paint all the time. I had a it was almost no band director, PJ, because I uh, got offered a scholarship to the Art Institute in California, but my mom wouldn't let me go. She said it was too far. But um, before being a musician, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be an artist. I was awesome. I didn't know why. Never had any formal training, but it just, it just knew how to do it. But when we got to this music thing, uh, it's something that I wasn't still to this day. You know, I get in trouble for it, you know. I wasn't able to shake it, you know, shake the urge, shake the desire, you know, that fight. And that's one of the things, just my, that little snippet of my story, uh, that's one of the things that make me want to get in a place with students because I know that they have these awesome gifts, man. But the problem is we don't have people in our circle that is uh, people that are uh, adamant about us exercising what it is that we're awesome at because sometimes we think that what we do may not be special because nobody told me that it was special so maybe everybody knows how to do that so that's what my thing is when I give the kids and I sit and talk with them or I hear them play and I'll ask them do that again and they'll do it again I said what's that called like I don't know I said look I want you in my band since you don't know what it is and he's like what if I don't know it, I mean, I won't get a scholarship. I said, no, that gives me the opportunity to teach you stuff that you don't know. So my thing is, when this guy becomes an awesome musician, he becomes a world-renowned pianist or, you know, euphonium player, whatever it is that they decide, or a ranger, a composer, or a director, I'm always going to remember this guy here. You know, I, I, I just want to, before I leave here, I just want to leave my mark in the area of the world or with the type of people that I relate to and right now they just happen to be musicians you know people who think with their heart first and you know their mindset so that's just where I am. Hey PJ got a quick question for you when we were coming up um and I think that this is something that has changed um the sport of band I, I feel like you know this better than anyone else but when right. we were coming up when we went to see a band it didn't matter who it was Alabama State Jackson State or whoever when we mm -hmm. saw them, it didn't matter if it was in August or November. Mm -hmm. That was our first time seeing them. Mm -hmm. uh, now, before you see a band in person, you've watched hours of their YouTube videos that literally come out an hour after the ball game, the performance that, that, that they've had. How has uh, YouTube and, and social media, how has that changed the marching band game compared to the game that we used to see? Because now you have to do something different every week because now no one's surprised. And that wasn't the case uh, back when we were coming up. Um, it, you know, you have to be more creative and it keeps everybody on their toes. Um, in terms of recruiting, uh, it makes it harder and easier because the more bands that are visible, the more good bands that are visible, the more students have to choose from. So they got more people to choose from than if I know that they're looking for me on YouTube this year, I'm competing with the visual, you know, the visual aspect of creativity, you know, the the the, the, the part that I got to write stuff that I know that they want to hear, you know what I mean? And 
we got to arrange stuff on the field that we know they want to see, you know, and it's, it, it makes it a lot tougher, you know, and sometimes, you know, it also creates bad habits in the classroom too, because some of the stuff that we're putting out on YouTube isn't necessarily the right way to do things, but possibly, you know, the students find it to be cool. So then they go back to their home schools and so on and so forth. And they try to recreate those bad habits and, you know, it's good for the culture and bad bad for the culture at the same time. So I guess it's kind of contradictory, man. But um, it does kind of take away that hustle. Like me personally, if I want to go see Southern University at Jackson State, I would have to prepare, you know, get a ride, make sure I have my money, make sure I can do whatever I got to do to be there. It's like now they don't have to do it. They just, if they can spell it, you know, they can type it in YouTube and it's going to be there. So you know, in a certain aspect, um, it's kind of made the sport for, it's made it harder for us. And in a certain aspect, it's lazier for them. Makes sense. I mean, because I remember, man, when we was coming up, man, if you wanted to see, you know, certain schools come to town, that was your one time seeing them and you may not see them again, you know, for a year or two. That's um, right. Or if you saw, you saw Alabama State in, you know, November, you, you will you will count down in November to see you know Alabama State and it's like now I can see them you know every you know every weekend every Saturday uh, yeah and it, it almost has taken away almost that element of surprise exactly uh, that HBCU bands um, used to have got one more question man before we before I get you up out of here and go to break um, mm-hmm. speaking of old school new school one of the complaints that that I've heard from old school. Uh, band members, and we're talking about really people that marched in the 80s and 90s. Is that man with the HBCU bands? We we've gone to hip hop. You know, we've cut out the best things that the the, the thing that made the bands the bands, the earth yeah. winds and fires, the Frankie Beverly amazes. How do you balance that with a new group of musicians that we like to think that grew up on their music, but a lot of them haven't? How how do you balance that? Well, man. Um... There's a thing called identity. Uh, the all of that stuff, just like when it comes true, comes to tradition. Tradition isn't just one era. You know, it just can't be represented by the year of the world in which we like the most. That's not how tradition works. Uh, the balance comes in at giving them what you know they need. You know, to maintain the identity of themselves. The institution and the program you know we come from a soulful place that's what black schools or black hbcus or plate a plate of pork chops and candy yams and collard greens with a big old proud piece of cornbread that's what the hbcu is it just can't be all shrimp and lobster that's that's not who we are completely this is who we are, who we are on certain days so the same things as it relates to how selects music, they got to have some James Brown. He's the godfather of soul. You know, you got to have some earth, wind, and fire. They products of HBCUs, you know. George Clinton, I mean, he's KK side. You know, he's in the band fraternity. You know, so it's, it's like you got to play the stuff so that you can know who you are. But at the same time, they still future. They still young thug. They still little baby. You know, they're still the baby. You know, they're still Beyonce. They're still Mulatto. They're still Gucci, man. They're still all of these people because not everyone is from the suburbs. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we have to play a plethora of music that represents everybody who has equity or has investment in these band programs, the student body, you know, the institution. You got to play stuff when you're an entertainer. You got to entertain everybody with eyes, ears, and hearts. You know what I mean? So it's just what it is. And I appreciate that. He is uh, Professor P.J. Howard, uh, Alabama State University. If you uh, have a uh, upcoming senior that's interested, please reach out to Professor P.J., man, one of the good yes. Uh, great guys in the business have passion not only for the music, uh, but for, for kids. And that's really, really what drew him to me, uh, uh, him uh, to me, man, is just his passion for it. Uh, PJ, man, I appreciate you coming on, man. It was an honor to have you. Looking forward yeah. to seeing you, um, as well as the Mighty March and Hornets in the, in the, next, in the upcoming week. So uh, looking forward to it, man. I appreciate you, uh, you coming on. And bless you, brother, uh, for the invitation to such a prestigious platform. And uh, also, you know, shout out to uh, the Mighty Marching Hornet Band. They did an awesome job yesterday. The ASU student body, faculty, staff, and administration pieces, most definitely. Uh, Dr. James B. All the director of bands at Alabama State University. Uh, if you guys need me, you can find me on Facebook, um, just being PJ Howard, or you can get in contact with uh, BJ. He knows how to get in contact with me. And man, again, you know, thank you all for the opportunity to, you know, participate on this show. Man, no problem, man. We, uh, you'll definitely be welcome back, man. And looking forward to seeing uh, you and the Marty Marshall Hornets. All right, man. Well, you see you, man. And uh, be blessed, big dog. All right, man. All right, peace. Man, we're going to break. And that was Professor PJ Howard, Alabama State University. We'll take a quick break and we will wrap up. Uh, this edition of Inside HBCU Football. Novice to aficionado, find yourself here. High quality cigars plus personal customer service. Slowburn is Waco's only mobile cigar lounge featuring a meticulous curated collection of premium cigars. Visit our website www.slowburnwaco.com That's www.slowburnwaco.com. This is Ryan Fulford. A.D. Drew and I are co-hosts of the BCSN Sports Wrap. We talk about all things related to HBCU athletics. From the games, teams, coaches, and fan interest stories, we cover it all. You can find our shows on Facebook at BCSN Sports Wrap, YouTube at MyJBNOnline, and everywhere you listen to podcasts like Anchor, Spotify, Google, and Apple Podcasts. You can also find the show on the Jericho Broadcast Network's app. Make sure to download. We look forward to you joining the conversation and being a part of the show. using the Buick's massaging seat. Oh yeah, that's nice. Can I use Apple CarPlay to put some music on? Sure, it's wireless. Pick something we all like. Okay, hold on. What's your Buick's Wi-Fi password? Buick Envision 2021. Oh, you should pick something stronger that's really predictable. That's a really tight spot. Don't worry, I used to hate parallel parking. Me too. Hey. Really outdid yourself. Yes, we did. The all-new Buick Envision, an SUV built around you, all of you. 
Since 2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Nope. Nope. You want him? Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. Sugar Chateau Desserts is a specialty bakery located in the Charlotte, North Carolina metro area. We will create delicious and one-of-a-kind treats for any occasion. Sugar Chateau is currently shipping cakes in a jar, offering a variety of different flavors in a single-serve container that can help you celebrate in accordance with social distancing. Place your orders today by calling 803-526-7895 or visiting SugarChateauDesserts.com. And we are back, man. That was P.J. Howard, man. Good good time sitting down with him at Alabama State University talking about the sport of HBCU band. Man, we only got about five minutes, man, before we get out of here, man. But shout out to everyone who came out uh, today, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill, Charles Edmond, and P.J. Howard. Uh, next week, man, we got a, a, another solid week for you. Uh, this thing ain't going to slow down, man. We only getting better uh, next week. We will be reviewing uh, the week that was uh, Jackson State, Alabama A&M, Arkansas Pine Bluff at Alabama State University, uh, Florida A&M hosting South Carolina State, uh, Alcorn State hosting Grambling State, uh, Texas Southern uh, facing off against Southern, and Mississippi Valley against Bethune-Cookman. We'll talk about those games, and we'll look at the week that will be ahead uh, going into uh, the next week of the uh, HBCU football season. Some of the headlines for that game, Florida A&M making a trip to Huntsville, Alabama to place off against Alabama A&M. How important that game, uh, that, that game is going to be very important, um, especially if you get Alabama A&M uh, with a victory on Saturday. Uh, you could possibly see a three-way tie. You know, there's so much stuff going on in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. So Florida A&M going to Alabama A&M. How about Southern University making the trip to Arkansas Pine Bluff? Homecoming. 
Arkansas Pine Bluff. Remember what Arkansas Pine Bluff did uh, in the spring uh, down on the bluff? That's a, a, another uh, key matchup uh, that we could we we, we previewing. The MEAC conference slate uh, will finally get started. Um, not this weekend, but next weekend. We will have MEAC conference uh, games to talk about. That's something that's going to be key. We saw talk about the MEAC champion uh, in the Celebration Bowl. So, uh, lots to talk about, man. We are going into, it feel, doesn't feel like it, but we are going into week six of HBCU football season. Um, if you follow me on social media, Top 5 Tuesdays uh, on Twitter, follow me at, H, at inside HBCUFball. Uh, that'll be released on Tuesday. Who are the top five teams in HBCU football? We'll talk about that. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, the space is Tuesday nights. Man, it's getting good. Um, a lot of talk, man. That's something that's co-hosted co uh, by myself and Scotty, a.k.a. Offscript. A lot of people uh, in there like to have fun with them, man. We talk X's and O's. Well, we cut up a little bit, but we talk mostly uh, X's and O's in there. Um, also, make sure that you are following uh, the Black College Sports Network. Uh, we're doing it big here from Dr. Ken, Ken Yadikaville, uh, you know, the pregame show, uh, Brian, man, everything that you want, man. It's right here. Make sure you're following the network. Uh, MyBCSN, you can find us here on Facebook. Uh, Twitter. Uh, also, make sure you go on YouTube, uh, myjbn-mybcsn. Make sure that you're following the network. Go to the Google Play Store. Uh, if you need the app, go to the Google Play Store. Uh, just look up the MyBCSN app. If you miss one of these shows, you can catch it on the app. Yeah, you catch it on the app, just like you would any other uh, any other podcast. Uh, so make sure that you're checking on that. Man, we got so many things coming to you. Uh, we did the uh, the watch party uh, with Florida A&M and Alabama State University on yesterday. Uh, actually broadcasted the Tuskegee-Alabama A&M game um, a week ago. Uh, so many big things happening uh, with the Black College uh, Sports Network. Uh, if you would like to donate, uh, make sure you're looking down at the bottom. We got ways for you to donate uh, as well. Uh, sponsorship opportunities. Uh, I know a couple of you guys reached out. Reached out to me. I get you in touch with Roy. He's a big man, right? The big checks, man. We we'll get you in touch with Roy. Here, here's show you what you do with your money. Uh, here's show you what you do with your money. So, man, we appreciate uh, everyone tuning in. Next week, we'll have some new guests uh, coming forward to you. We'll have some big games to review and some bigger games to preview. Remember, man, we're, we're still young in the HBCU football season. We got some big games coming up. Still, Magic City Classic in the end of this month. Florida A&M homecoming. Southern University. Uh, homecoming. Jiho up in North Carolina A&T. So many things going down this month of October. I told you guys once before, October is separation month. We will separate contender from pretender uh, during this month of October. Uh, this is going to be an interesting month, not only in the Southwestern Athletic Conference, but the uh, MEAC, uh, CIAA, and SIAC as well. Man, that is my time. I would like to thank everyone uh, for coming out. Uh, listening for these last two, uh, two hours. Uh, I appreciate you. Appreciate uh, my guests for coming in. It did a fantastic job. Uh, I will see you guys next Sunday. We'll be right here and we're going inside HBCU football.
200 years, Montgomery, Alabama has been making history by people who had the courage to stand up for change.